Mondays on Radio 191 FM. Tēnā i These are your Radio 1, te reo irirangi kotahi news headlines for Rahina, May 17th. Ko Aileen tēnei. Thousands of New Zealanders attended protests and rallies around the country in support of Palestine over the weekend, as the last week has seen the Palestinian death toll nearing 200, with 10 Israeli citizens also killed in escalating violence. According to the Palestine Solidarity Network Aotearoa, around 2,000 attended a protest in Tamaki Makoto on Saturday. Nationwide, at least 4,000 attended protests in 10 centres. The marches were part of a massive series of rallies around the world, throughout America, Europe and the Middle East. Green Party MP Golriz Gataman, who is the party's foreign affairs spokesperson, told TVNZ she is disappointed in the New Zealand government's response, saying it is not good enough that the government has not condemned the attacks on Palestinian civilians in Gaza by the Israeli Defence Force. Gaza is a trapped population in the context of an occupation. So Israel has obligations and humanitarian law to to that population every single day. They don't have the ability to leave. Um, And now, over the past few days, what we've seen is an occupying force become the aggressor. Um, And again, this is an incredibly well-equipped military force. So the bombs falling on Gaza are billion-dollar US-funded bombs. John Minto, chair of the Palestine Solidarity Network Aotearoa, says the New Zealand government needs to stand with Palestine, saying it isn't enough for the government to not take sides. I mean, the reason we have this conflict going on for decade after decade is because countries like New Zealand are pussyfooting around and making excuses for Israel. We've got we've got Palestinians who are suffering under under brutal racist laws for for over seventy years, and they. They continue to do it because New Zealand and other countries don't speak out and condemn what Israel's doing. New Zealand did a very important thing in 2016. We promoted a United Nations Security Council resolution which would call Israel to account. And we have to follow through with that so that... Over the weekend, Israeli assaults on Gaza have destroyed at least two residential buildings, as well as the offices of Al Jazeera and the Associated Press. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says the offensive on Gaza will continue, quote, at full force, for some time. At least 52 children in Gaza have been killed in the last week. Amongst the 10 Israeli fatalities reported, two are children. Now, we cross to Quentin. Tenakwe, Eileen. The Otago University Students Association has outlined their disappointment in the proposed delays to the tertiary precinct upgrade at last week's hearings for the Dunedin City Council's 10-year plan. The focus of the OUSA submission was on the delay to the tertiary precinct upgrade, which has been deferred to 2030. The tertiary precinct upgrade would have seen significant road upgrades in North Dunedin, with increased public transport and cycleways at the core of the plan. In their oral submission, President Michaela Waite-Harvey said that while their written submission focused on the entire 10-year plan, she would be focusing the oral submission on the disappointment of both staff and students at the deferral. Um, We need improved safety on our roads, we need better pedestrianisation, we need infrastructure for integrated modes of transport. And it's honestly bemusing to me how the city can commit itself to a goal like 2030 and then halt works that actively embed the means to have better pedestrian models and mode shifts. 
upgrades to many streets in the tertiary area, including Clyde Street, Union Street and Anzac Avenue, have been delayed for up to a decade, with only Albany Street being included in the council's proposed plan. When the work was done around the tertiary precinct area, it wasn't just Albany Street that was recognised as a priority area, it was Clyde, it was Union Street, it was Anzac, and I just cannot comprehend that through that work you can pick Albany and ignore the other priority streets which have equally pressing safety issues. President Wait Harvey reminded councillors that these streets had already been labelled as priority red to be upgraded and provided them with the council's own maps that outlined which streets in North Dunedin needed upgrades. Upgrades to these streets would make them more pedestrian and cycle-friendly and more suited to the current and predicted future traffic flows seen on these streets. The University of Otago also made their oral submission in the days prior, with Chancellor Royden Somerville appearing alongside the university's strategic resource planner, Kevin Wood. Chancellor Somerville expressed concern that the newly revised 10-year plan saw an ease back on the progress that they'd seen since he became Chancellor in 2018. He believed that the university and council should continue to move forward, focusing on the need for improved transport and sustainability and making the area more walkable. Councillor Lee Vandervis questioned the university about their Walk Your Wheels campaign, questioning why the university continued to refuse to allow cycling through the campus and force cyclists onto State Highway 1, while simultaneously pushing a pro-cycling stance in their submissions. Chancellor Somerville pointed out the high volumes of pedestrian traffic that are seen through the university precinct, and so acknowledged that any cycleways would need to be integrated into both campus space and public spaces. Back to you, Eileen. A memorial to conscientious objectors on the intersection of George and Albany Streets, which has been under construction since February, is expected to be completed within the next month. Kevin Clements, chair of the Archibald Baxter Memorial Trust, told Radio 1 the construction was proceeding well and would be the first memorial in New Zealand to honour the conscientious objectors to military service. But there's not a single um, memorial to those that chose a different path. Uh, and it's important, I think, to acknowledge those, those people because, um, apart from anything else, they sort of enlarged the space for some liberties in New Zealand. Um, they created a kind of um, a conversation around um, where the state could or couldn't insist on its prerogatives as opposed to the prerogatives of individual conscience. Um, and uh, I think they were important vocational statements against war and all of its lunacy because no matter whether the war is just or not, I mean, at the end of the day, the end of the day and at the end of the war, um, you know, millions are killed and um, cities and countries are devastated. Over 600 men in New Zealand refused to serve in World War I on moral, humanitarian and religious grounds, with around 280 detained for their objections. Archibald Baxter, who was from Otago, remains one of New Zealand's most well-known conscientious objectors and was one of 14 men who were forcibly sent overseas to the Western Front, despite continued commitment to pacifism and refusal to serve. Today, the Archibald Baxter Memorial Trust continues its co-papa of pacifism and remembrance through an annual lecture, which this year will be given by former Prime Minister Helen Clark, and providing a variety of peace education resources to schools, as well as through the installation of the memorial in Otipoti. More information about the Trust can be found at www.archibaldbaxtertrust.com. Otago Polytechnic has proposed opening a school of video game design, 
which if successful would be the first of its kind within a polytechnic or technological institute in New Zealand. Currently under the working title Dunedin School of Games, the Polytechnic has asked the Dunedin City Council for $300,000 to help fund the project. According to Chief Executive Megan Gibbons, a similar project is underway at the University of Canterbury, meaning there is a level of urgency in getting the school off the ground. Dr Gibbons said the new school was proposed to be located on Stafford Street, near the New Zealand Centre of Digital Excellence. If successful, she says the school would provide a, quote, incubator environment for game development in Ōtipoti and give graduating students both a portfolio and experience to take into the games industry. And that was the news with Te Reo Irirangi Kotahi, Radio 1. Now, to a pressing question. Tramp stamps. Are lower back tattoos trashy, or are they downright iconic? We hit the link to find out what students think about the hallmark of early 2000s pop culture. <laughs> Do you think tramp stamps are trashy or iconic? Um, if you own it, they get iconic. Personally, trashy. <laughs> Honestly, don't buy them, but each zero, I'd say. Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> tram stamps, I think, when done like appropriately, like I really like the look of a Chanel tram stamp, or I know the, the classic cherry is always a good vibe, but I think iconic, honestly. Would you get one? I honestly would. I was thinking about that sometime. Maybe like Marx's face or something. Try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right away. Right away. The Radio One Ninety One FM weather. Don't get too excited to get that tramp stamp just yet, because it's far too cold to show it off. Today, we can expect a high of 15 and sunshine, with light rain developing in the evening. Tuesday looks to be wet and cold, with showers throughout the day, snow to 300 metres in the morning, and a high of 10.